You're listening to the Alternative Investment Podcast. We give you the insights and strategies you need to grow your wealth with alternative investments. Now, here's your host, Andy Hagens. Welcome to the Alternative Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Hagens. And today we're talking about how to tell your story and get noticed in a crowded marketplace. It's a very important topic, whether you're an aspiring TV star or movie star, or whether you're an aspiring fund manager, an emerging fund manager who's you know trying to tell your story. It's all about branding. So very excited that joining me today is Tarek El Moussa, who is a star on HGTV. Tarek, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And before we get any further, uh, I believe a congratulations are in order. Is that right? Yeah, I have about a you know an eighteen year old baby at home right now. So yeah, little man Tristan Jail Musa, born January thirty first. We are just so excited. So yeah, it's going great. So literally eighteen days old. No, no exaggeration. Eighteen days old. Okay, and that's is that still in the uh, not fully woken up stage? Oh, oh definitely not woken up. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not woken up. So now I got a twelve year old, a seven year old, and an eighteen day old. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. What do they say? It's a special time, but it's. It's kind of funny because, you know, well, you're not a new parent, right? But it's like the fourth trimester, and so it's like, well, this baby, this is easy. Like the first week, you're like, why everybody say this is so hard? This is easy, and then like a month later, you're like, oh shoot, okay, now I remember. This is terrible. They start getting a little more energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well. My first question, you know, usually I ask guests to introduce themselves. Uh, I'm guessing most of our audience already knows who you are, um, you know, but there might be a few people out there who say, you know, I, I don't watch TV. I don't have a TV. And I got to say, Tark, I'm not one of those people who's going to pretend like I don't watch TV. I love TV. Okay. Uh, I watch TV all the time. I have five kids by nine o'clock at night. I'm ready to just like zone out and watch TV for an hour before I go to bed. So I'm guessing a lot of our audience is already familiar with Flip or Flop. Um, that's the that's the most popular house flipping show of all time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, so Flip or Flop became the most uh, popular house flipping show of all time. I pitched that idea uh, back in 2010 uh, and it actually went to series. It first aired in 2013 uh, and ran that show for 10 seasons. And then a couple years ago, I started my second show, which is called Flipping 101 with Tariq El Musa. And that's where I mentor and coach rookie flippers through one of their very first flips. And season three actually comes out May of 2023. Uh, and then my newest show, which I'm working on with my uh, my beautiful wife, Heather, uh, from Selling Sunset, is called The Flipping El Musas. And season one airs March 2nd on HGTV and Discovery+. Plus. Uh, and the flipping almusas is all about flipping houses in this crazy real estate market, but it really gives you a more in-depth dive of our personal lives and really shares our family dynamic. So, wow. So three different programs about house flipping, including the most popular one of all time and uh, the new one it's debuting in March. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then my wife's show selling sunset is coming out season six this year. So uh, yeah, that's four TV shows between the two of us. So we've, we've been busy. Yeah. So let's see four TV shows, a fun company. I, how many businesses do you have Tark? Uh, quite, a, quite a few actually. So the, the one behind the TV shows is called Tark buys houses. Uh, okay. that's my fix and flip and wholesale company. 
Uh, I also have a company called Homeschooled by Tarek, and Homeschooled is online real estate education. I get on live every single week with my students for two hours and answer all of their questions and give them real life training. Uh, so that's Homeschooled by Tarek. Uh, we just launched a new company called Solar Vision, which so excited about Solar Vision because we actually broke the industry record for selling the most systems in their first 30 days in business. So we did over 200 systems in our first 30 days. So that was very exciting. Uh, and then also I have the agency, which is my real estate team across the country. I have about 1,200 real estate agents that work with me. Um, and yeah, and then also I have a production company called Homemade Productions. We're producing our own shows. So there's there's a lot of different brands in there. So we're busy. Well, Tarek, after this episode is over, I'll have to pitch you on my on my show concept. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that. I won't bore you. But <laughs> okay, so zooming out though, you know, I think this is so interesting because, you know, when I look at you, an entrepreneur, you do a lot of different things, but one thing that you are the master at is this branding aspect, this storytelling aspect, you know, breaking through because, because all of these, you know, industries that we've talked about, especially, I mean, TV, but house flipping, all of it. And you also, you know, you have an asset management company and a fund. It's all super competitive and, and kind of, bringing this back to our audience because you know i don't think our show it's it's not gonna have as many house flippers or you know it's gonna be a lot more lps rias you know folks investing at the passive level but we also have a lot of fund managers asset managers entrepreneurs in our audience and i think a constant challenge for any business owner any entrepreneur any professional really is is how do you break through how do you get noticed in, in a, such a competitive landscape? And in the asset management side, I have to say this has really changed because I've been in the finance industry, you know, for over a decade now. And it, it used to be, you know, you had like these two sets of companies, like one set of company understood the value of branding. They understood, like they kind of get it. And then on the other half, it'd be companies like we don't, we don't do any of that marketing stuff. You know, that's for that's for other companies, you know, we're too good for that or whatever. But now it feels like almost everybody understands you need a, a good brand. You need to be able to tell your story and break through in that crowded marketplace. Um, but I want to go back to your beginnings of when you broke into TV, because I feel like that's to me, that's like the most amazing thing, like breaking in to television, becoming a TV star. That's got to be hard. There's have to be so many people trying to do that all the time. So how did you get started? How did you break into TV? All right. So it, it, it's a little bit of, 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 a, of an interesting story, you know. Um, so just so you understand, like, who I was, I, I was someone that was really active at work, meaning I put in more hours than everybody around me. And, and I knew if I outworked the people around me, I would find more success. I knew if I tried new things, I would find more success. I knew if I went after the craziest ideas, I could find more success. So throughout my life, I'm a tester. I try everything. If it doesn't work, I move on to the next thing. If it doesn't work, I move on to the next thing. So um, this was in the year 2000 and 2010. And I had done a short sale real estate transaction, had a first lien, a second lien, a third lien, an HOA lien, and an IRS lien, okay? <laughs> Nightmare. Nightmare. And this was like the Wild West when the banks had no idea what they were doing. And 
I worked 11 months on this thing, Andy, 11 months. And, and at the end, I got a check for, for $7,000, okay? Wow. Uh, the person I sold it to, well, they bought it. They hired a gardener to cut the grass, hired a painter to paint the house. And then they flipped it and they made like $130,000. Okay. And I, and I said, wait a minute, let me get this straight here. I found it. I negotiated it. I sold it. I made seven. He made 130. So that was the exact moment that I knew I was on the wrong side of the equation. And in that moment, I said, I'm going to be a real estate investor. So like everybody, you know, I went out to my, my core group around me and told everybody I wanted to flip houses and be a real estate investor. Every single person said, no, dumb idea. You're too young, too speculative. You don't know what you're doing. It's too risky. Everybody told me it was a pipe dream. So every time someone would tell me that, I was more motivated to prove them wrong. Because yep. I just watched someone make $130,000 in like a couple of weeks. So I finally approached somebody that actually had money. Um, and I, I immediately got a yes. So then I learned when you're asking about business, ask people that are in business, right? Mm -hmm. So ask people that are entrepreneurial who understand how money works. So that was one big lesson. So then I said, okay, let's flip a house. So we went out literally a week later to the, the, the Santa Ana courthouse. We bid on this condo. We ended up getting it for exactly 115,000. Right around that same time. And well, let me say this really quick. And this is 2010. From 2003 to 2007, I was living the good life. I was in my early 20s. I found big success in real estate. I was 21 years old at this million dollar house and fancy cars and thought I was the smartest guy alive. Found out later I wasn't. Um, <laughs> a lot right, of so, us have had, a lot of us had that realization late in our 20s, Tark. That's all yeah, right. Yeah. So, so in 2010, you have to understand, I had just gone through the Great Recession. I sold my houses, my cars. I didn't lose anything. I sold everything. <clears throat> so I, like, I took care of my credit. All that was good. But I put myself in a, I sold my house, rented apartment. I sold my S500, drove my dad's truck with roll-up windows. So I minimized the expenses, right? So by 2010, you know, I didn't have much money. So we went out, we, we flipped this very first house. About that same time, there was a real estate convention in Las Vegas thrown by a gentleman named Mike Ferry. Have you ever heard of Mike Ferry? Have not. Okay, so he, he works with the residential real estate agency, throws this thing called the Superstar Retreat. There's like 5,000 agents. Um, and I wow. went to it every, every year as a real estate agent. And it was in Vegas. I would sit in the very back and, you know, I, I, would, I didn't get much sleep. It was Las Vegas. Yeah. So in the very front two rows of these conventions, they have the VIP seating. And the VIP seating is for VIPs or people that pay a lot of money to sit there. Yep. Um, the night before, Mike Ferry told us to go out and buy a dinner we couldn't afford, buy clothing we couldn't afford, and drink wine we couldn't afford, and for one night, live life on that next level that we're trying to go to. So mm -hmm. me and my ex-wife, we did that. And to this day, it was one of the best, most memorable nights of my life. I'll never forget that night. So now we're in this convention. My, my friend who was the vice president of a real estate company. He texted me that his manager and the wife were leaving from the front row. The seats were open. So he's like, hey, you want to come up? And I said, yeah, of course, I'm jumping at the opportunity. You never pass opportunities. So I said, no. yes. So now I'm sitting up there. And the night before, I went out and bought a Xenia suit that I definitely couldn't afford. So I'm looking sharp. I look like I belong in the VIPs, but really, I belong in the back of the room. So at the break, you know, people came up to us. They start talking to us. And then I started talking to this guy who had been on stage the day before that was talking about how he made $800,000 a year selling real estate. And back then, like 800,000, I was like, that's yeah. like $800 million. Um, 
And I was talking to him. So I, I was like, so what exactly do you do? He's like, well, you know, I have a local TV show in Palm Springs where I showcase my listings. I was like, TV. Okay. Well, what does that do? He goes, well, I go to the grocery store and I go places and people recognize me. I'm like, okay, well, it's cool to be recognized, but what does that do? He says, well, then they recognize me and then they want to work with me. Mm. I said, oh, I get it. And, and this, I- Tarek, this was like before YouTube was even a thing, right? So this is just like uh, cable TV. Uh, to, to like two, yeah, 2010. Yeah. So this okay, was, maybe YouTube was around, but yeah, probably- yeah, YouTube was around, but not like it, not like it is now. So I had yeah. never, so here's the interesting. I never one time in my life ever thought about TV. So I was thinking, man, that's so smart. And I was like, man, I wish I'd get a TV, <laughs> get on TV. And then it was like, I didn't even think about it again. Right. Like that's yeah. it. Moved on, finished the seminar. So we left the seminar, we get home and I, I can't stop thinking about this conversation. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And my, my ex-wife, Christina, was, was walking up the stairs. I'll never forget. She had one, one leg up the stairs. We lived in San Clemente, California. She looks over. She goes, are you coming to bed? And I answered. I said, no. She goes, I said, no, I'm going to get us a TV show. And then she starts laughing at me. <laughs> and she goes, well, well what are, we, are you going to get a TV show about? And I didn't know. So then I, I took like a two-second pause. And I realized, well, we just bought our first flip. I said, well, why don't we flip houses on TV? she laughed at me, told me to go to bed, walk upstairs. I went on Google and literally put Hollywood production companies. And I just clicked the website, looked at the website, saw the button said casting, clicked the button that said casting. And then it said, tell us what you want to do. So I told him I want to flip houses on TV. I shared my story. I sent our pictures. I went to bed. I woke up the next day and one of them responded. (laughs) They said, we like your stuff. Send a home video. I said, okay. Um, I didn't have any well, money. For- Tarek, right, right away. Okay. First kind of pattern. Sorry to interrupt, but. No, you're good. I talk you a lot. Of, you, interrupt me all you want. You mentioned in your, your prior job, you're an action taker. That you're, you were, you know, kind of the hardest working person. You know, that it's, it's in like the Grant Cardone 10X system, just like that preference for taking action. So you got this idea. I think what most people like the typical thing to do would be like, well, I'll think about that. I'll I'll think maybe next month I'll put a proposal together or whatever. Whereas you just went home, bam, 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 before you even went to bed. I'm I'm telling you in life, we only have so much energy. When that energy shows up, you have to use it. Like the the exact moment that I found out that the guy that bought the house made 130,000 and I made seven. Within minutes, I was calling people, telling them I'm going to flip houses and I needed money. So no waiting, no weeks, no thinking. The yeah. opportunity's here. I'm excited. It's time to take action. I love the that. The longer we wait, the lower the odds of us actually doing it. So we yeah. have to do things while we're excited. Okay. So that's that's part of like the the motivation, hacking the motivational side of this is if you want something take action you don't need to you don't need to over plan you know i I don't want to say like ready fire aim but it's like if you start taking action and every single day you're doing that and some of the things you do fail it almost doesn't even matter if you are trying more things at a much faster rate than what other people are doing you're still going to hit success faster would you say that's fair oh a hundred percent like just an example this i can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the years that want to invest in real estate 
and, and they're thinking and they're waiting. They missed 2015. They missed 2016. They missed 2018. They missed 2019. They missed all these years because while they were sitting on the sidelines thinking, mm -hmm. they could have been in the game and that money could have been growing. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you, you submitted this and literally, literally the next morning, like 12 hours later, there's a company that responded and they like your pitch that you want to flip this house in a television program. Exactly. So they said, send me a home video. Well, I didn't have any money for a camera, so I borrowed it from my friend Brad. Um, and what I did is I had the week before I bought our first property. It was a condo in Santa Ana. We bought it at auction for 115000 So I documented the process of us flipping that first condo. And I was the real estate agent, the investor, the handyman, the contractor, the painter. I did all the work. Uh, I electrocuted myself. I, I burned my feet with acid. I yeah, mean, Tarek, that's why I'm an LP. Like hearing that story, I'm like, that is why I'm an LP. I'm no, I don't want to get electrocuted, but anyway, go, go on. Yeah, because like, you know, like I, I went to Home Depot and I bought like, you know, a vanity light. I was so excited. I'll never forget. I was showing my ex-wife. I'm like, look how nice this is going to look. And I put it up where it goes. Well, I didn't know about this thing called live wires. You see, <laughs> <laughs> the metal and the wires, they don't get along really well. Oh, man. So that gave you a jolt? Yeah, yeah, gave me a good jolt. So, okay, so here's what happened. Like, I knocked this thing out of the park. I, like, lived in this condo. I did all the work. Yep. Got it done start to finish um, in, in under 60 days. Sold everything because I moved wow. super fast. Everything speed. Um, and we ended Wait, up so are you filming this or is there someone yeah. there? Are they there every day? Or, like, how does that process work? No, it's it's mostly me filming it or putting the camera against the wall or around buckets and just documenting the work and talking. So, to so they're not like signing you yet. They're basically saying, OK, give it a try. You come up with the film footage and then we'll take a look. Is that kind of. Yeah. So how it works is I. so then I made this home video. So then I sent the home video to the production company. They loved it. So then they wanted to do something that's called a sizzle reel which is like a three to five minute video, which gives you a taste of what an episode could be. So then I had a professional crew come out for two days we filmed and we, we shot this five minute sizzle reel. Uh, from there, it went out to all the networks. Nobody wanted it. We got no bites, no interest, nothing. So I said, okay, that's it. I just kept going into real estate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was like nine or 10 months later, I, I got a call from the production company, I was actually on a golf course and they said, well, you're not gonna believe this, but we just got a call from HGTV and they wanna do a pilot. Wow. So, so I got the pilot and this was- And how did that happen? So everybody passed, but then they went back to it later or what's yeah. the story there? Okay. They went They went back They went back to it later. So, so then, they watched it and they were like, nah, not for now. And then like six months later, they're like, you know, we can't stop thinking about this Tarek guy. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, so I get the call. So this is yeah. summer of 11. So this is the third flip I had ever done. So we documented the flip. We filmed the pilot and then it was done. The episode's done. And then production said the odds of getting picked up are very slim. Uh, and if you do get picked up, there's a good chance it's going to take a very long time. So I said, OK. Well, I, to pause there, though. When you were making these videos, because like our our frame here for this episode is how you how to tell your story, how to get noticed, how to break through, right? So obviously you're not just like filming yourself, uh, you know, tightening uh some piece of plumbing or or whatever. You're obviously engaging with the camera and, and like like how did you what did you do to make it interesting and engaging? 
That's the beautiful thing that people don't understand. I'm not going to make it engaging or interesting. Neither are you. We're just providing content. And that's why you need a good editor to create an engaging video. You see, I'm not an editor. So I did take, I did take clips of me screwing things in. And I did take clips of painting a baseboard. But then they throw it into an episode and these are flashes, flashes, flashes. So the editor is the one who's in really in charge of making that content come to life. Where so people- already there, I think there's a lesson just in that, yeah. which is if you want to tell your story, get your brand out there, even as an asset manager, you know, it doesn't, the content features you because you're the, th- you're the person doing the thing, whether you're flipping the house, rehabbing the house whether you're managing the fund or whether you're an entrepreneur doing whatever, but you do need to to align with experts to have outside people who know how to package your story, who know how to package what you're doing and make it attractive. Because usually you might think you know what people want to see, but like you don't, right? Like you you need that third set of eyes to take a look. And and like, you can, you can go find mobile editors that will charge you like, you know, a consultant fee. Hey, go find someone that's going to take three hours of work to make me a YouTube video. Yeah. Right. They go on indeed, go find a video editor. They're out there. They're all over. Um, So, but I want to talk about the content and and brand building too. As soon as I get, as as soon as I get through this part. Yeah. Um, So, oh yeah. So then the, the, the production company tells me, that the odds of getting picked up are real slow and it could take a long time. I, I don't I don't remember what it was, but I think it was like a week or two later. I got a contract from HGTV saying they wanted to do a house, a nationwide house flipping show. So that sounds very exciting, right, Andy? Yeah. Is that a whole season or just one episode? That, or what's that's that a mean? season? Okay. 13 episodes in 10 months. But I had two problems. <laughs> you want to know what the problems are? <laughs> yeah, I do. Problem number one. I don't have I don't have all this money to buy 13 houses. <laughs> Where am I going to get all this money? Yeah, do they give you do they give you the down payment or no, whatever? No, nothing. Okay. That's your problem. Problem number 2, even if I have the money, I don't know how to flip houses. <laughs> like where am I going to find all these houses? Well, Tarek, so, it's more interesting to watch people fail than succeed, <laughs> right? Is that part of the premise? Like are you going into this thinking I might flop? And- well, but, no, but the, the the thing is each episode had to be a different house. Mm. So I I I so, so then I look at this contract, 13 houses, 10 months. I'm like, oh, I call my lawyer. Uh, I, I was like, well, well, what's the worst thing that could happen if I signed this thing? And he's like, well, they can sue you. And I took a look around my apartment and I said, they can have it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I signed that contract. And, and, and honestly, like everything else I've done in my life, I told myself I will do whatever it takes to get this done. And, and that's exactly what I did. I figured it out my first year by spending, uh, you know, from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. driving all of Southern California, looking for vacant properties, going to the auction the next day. And and were you was your strategy like, hey, I re- I need to really find the least expensive. Like, how are you managing your own personal cash flow to be able to do that if you if you yeah. did not really have any savings? So so what what I did is I did such a good return on that first investment for my investor. He did the two after and a big return. So I kept my skill set is in finding deals. I am a deal finder. I am a salesman. I'm an action taker. So I'm good at finding deals. So I was able to find and negotiate such good deals that investors were like, well, how did you get that price? So then people started just asking to give me money Mm. because I brought these deals and these deals were so good. 
So as time went on, I got more investors. And then that first investor ultimately put in millions of dollars. And that's how I accomplished that first season. But I mean, I was working 16 to 18 hour days because I would work real estate all day until like 8.30 at night. And then I had to buy houses that weren't occupied because I couldn't evict. I didn't have the time because we had to film them. So the houses had to be vacant. So I would literally leave my house at 10 o'clock at night, drive Southern California, uh, looking at all the properties going to the auction the next morning to see if cars were in the driveway, newspapers were in the door, or if the grass was overgrown. So then I would do this driving overnight, find a house or two, right? Then I'd get to the auction and my max bid's like 300. Hmm. And next thing I know, I got a hedge fund paying 410. I yeah. said, well, how are they paying 410? My max, I can pay 300. I said, I'm never going to get a house. But I kept going. And, and here's what happened. By my second, third week of doing this every single day, I bid on a house and nobody else bid. And I got the house and it was a great deal. And then I realized if I just keep showing up every now and then I'm going to get lucky. And that's what I did. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So, you know, step one, show up, do the thing, do something amazing. And I actually think that's a big part of this because if, if you're, if you have a brand, if you have a business, whatever you're trying to do, if you're not doing something amazing, if you're not delivering value, if you're not, if your heart's not in it, it's almost like, you know what? Don't build a brand. The world doesn't need to hear how you're uh, being mediocre. The world doesn't need to hear how you're phoning it in. So, so step one is, you know, you're, you're putting everything you have into this, but the other side is you're not just flipping these houses and, you know, working your tail off doing it this this tv show ends up being a smash hit right it's the most popular there's a lot of shows based around similar concepts but this is the most popular out of all of them so you basically you turn the show into a smash hit and obviously you had help you know editors producers all that sort of thing but now that's what i'm interested is it is it more that you know you're doing the thing and you just put your heart into it and so it naturally was a hit or or be, okay. be, be, be who you are. Tell the truth. Never be scared. Those cameras were in front of me. I did not change who I was. I was still spastic. I was still running around like crazy. I was still naive. I was young. I was nervous because I didn't care about the cameras. I was trying to figure out how to make, like, how to flip these houses. So, like, the TV, it didn't bother me because I was overwhelmed <laughs> becoming a house flipper. You know, it was a big, challenging thing. Um, and, and, and I, and I just, I pulled it off, but it was interesting because halfway through filming season one, there was an executive at the network that thought the show would be a bad look for HGTV, uh, because they were very conservative back then. Like they wouldn't even let us film if the toilet seat was up. So we, they actually paused our filming. Uh, luckily this, this person was let go of the network and then we resumed production. And then we aired, I think it was April 16th, uh, 2013. And we shot 13, 30 minutes up 30, 13, 30 minute episodes. Mm -hmm. There was no marketing. There was no promotion. There was nothing. They aired us from 11 PM until 12 AM thinking we would just burn off the air and go unnoticed. Right. Something incredible happened. We woke up the next day. We ended up being one of the top 100 TV shows of the entire day. 
And the, the viewership for the network from the beginning of the hour to the end of the hour ended up breaking a bunch of records because the viewership went up going into midnight, which does not happen. Right. Two weeks later, we went prime time. So, so this is interesting. I mean, it, it wasn't what I expected, to be honest with you, Tarek. Like it basically, you're telling me not really any promotion, no, no master plan in terms of branding, marketing, basically be yourself and work your tail off, take action every day. Don't be fake, be authentic. I mean, is that, that that's it? Like I tell people the craziest, craziest thing about my life story. I have worked my off for everything I have from the ground up. I started as a 19 year old kid living in my mom's garage because I couldn't afford to rent my own bedroom. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's where I started. And, you know, it's just, it's just been such an incredible experience. It's just been such an incredible experience. Well, um, okay. if this but, is branding, you know, if this is, if this is branding, telling your story, getting noticed, I feel like, well, you're an extrovert though, right? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, I, I'm an extrovert, but let me explain like how to get that message out there because the TV will only go so far. But what okay. I was trying to say is getting on TV and getting this show has been the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Learning how to fix and flip houses, that was tough. Building homeschool, that was tough. TEM Capital, like these things are tough. And the TV show, it was like ding, 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 ding. Okay, so now I'm on TV, right? So then it's like, okay, well now you got your TV brand, but now you need to build your own audience that you control outside of TV, which would be right. social media. So then I got on social media and then and here's the thing, when it comes to brand building and storytelling, most people, they just think about brand building and they think about storytelling and they study how to do it and they wonder how to do it. And no, 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 just do it. Meaning this, like take your phone, <laughs> turn it on and just start sharing. Yeah. Like I have all these house flipping students. Oh, I don't know what to post. I'm like, get in your car, drive by a fixer upper and post a video that you're looking for deals. Right there or something. Go walk a fixer upper. Show the plumbing damage. Show the termite damage. Go to a networking event. Show that you're with other real estate investors. It's just content. And, and, and instead of thinking about it, just turn the camera on, get it going, get it to an editor and see what they can do. And, and the key is simple here. How do you build a brand? Through tenacious consistency. Mm -hmm. Doing the same things over and over and over every single day and getting your message out there. So I know guys that have huge followings today that they didn't pass 5,000 followers. It took them like two years. And today they have a million because they were consistent and they never quit on their message. And here's another beautiful thing. The more you do it, the more practice you get. The more practice you get, the more, the more better you get. The better you get, the more people are gonna be interested. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the simple fact of just you need to practice. And the best way to practice is by doing. So I'm a big believer of doing it every single day. Yeah, I love that. And it, that really hits hard, Tark. like thinking about even this show. I want to be clear. All my guests have been amazing. And even like my first couple guests were awesome. But when I listened to like the first 50 shows I recorded, I almost like cringe. I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, because it just but the thing is, is that I'm, I'm I've kind of learned to go easier on myself. I'm like, well, it just takes time. And I'm not just going to wake up one day and know how to host a podcast you you have to try right and, and your point 
it's the consistency of that if you do it daily. So like now I'm hitting, I'm past episode 100. It's like, you just got to get reps in because yeah. you're going to get a little bit better with every rep. Is that right? A hundred percent. And that's what I tell, like, you know, most newer real estate investors or entrepreneurs, it's like, you know, the one thing that I would change about my entire career, you know, to be honest, was how awful I was towards myself. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I expected a lot out of myself, you know, and if I wasn't as good as I expected myself to be, I would beat myself up. But now, years later, I acknowledge the fact that you're not going to be great your first time. You're not going to be great your first 50 times. Right. This takes practice. Like, imagine, like, I mean, imagine, like, going from, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, plus and minus math to doing complex algebra. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, it's a process. You need to practice. You need to learn. Yeah, and that's that preference for action that we, you know, we've already kind of talked about, as you say, you're not going to, you're not going to be excellent at the beginning, right? Like anything really worth doing, it's, it's not going to be easy. Right. But, but I, I think what you hit on though, is the fear. And like you said, you, you, you need to be easier on yourself. And I think I, sometimes I need to do the same thing. I need to be kind of easier on myself. I think that is what is tripping up so many entrepreneurs is that they kind of know like deep down, I think most of us, especially if, if you have that kind of entrepreneurial gene, you, you're excited to do it, but you kind of know that your first try is not going to be very good. And then it, that fear can just paralyze you, right? Like, so what do you say to somebody who they want to try it, but they're kind of stuck because they know yeah. like, well, shoot, my first try is not going to be very good. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. You should go to my Instagram. It's the real Tarek El Musa. I want you to look at my most recent posts and videos. And then I want you to scroll all the way down, all the way down. And I want you to look at those and you will see a dramatic difference in my performance because I'm a reality TV person. I never look into a camera. I never talk to a camera. The camera follows me. So even me, this talking to the camera thing, it's nerve wracking. Mm. I, I was forget, I forget, even to this day, I forget my words. I'm looking at myself. Do my eyebrows look funny? Like there's <laughs> a lot going on, right? Yep. So really just get, get, get away from the stress, get away from the anxiety and go back to having fun. Go back to making this fun. Act like a kid again. Have fun. Learn something new. Practice. Get better and grow. I love that, Tarek. I love that. Yeah. And it's interesting to me, your personal brand, talking about storytelling, personal brand, breaking through, you've integrated all of this into your brand. Like we're, we're talking about your process and you literally just told everybody, hey, go look at my own material. It's really bad. And you're <laughs> not, but you're not embarrassed of that at all. It's just, it's part of your brand is this authenticity. It is what it is. If you go look at the second house I ever flipped, the floors were brown, the walls were brown, the cabinets were brown, the counters yeah. were brown because I knew brown, right? We get better. Yeah. And, and being willing to be yourself, be authentic to me, then that makes it so much easier to do any kind of content creation. Because when you have to like put on a mask, when you have to say, uh, I need to go pretend to be this thing so that I can record content, that's mentally draining. It's mentally exhausting versus if you're just, oh, I'm just me. I'm going to talk like me. I'm going to act like me. I'm going to talk about what I know. 
that's way more effortless. It's way easier to show up day by day and to do that every day. Yeah, 100%. And if someone's out there and then they're nervous, go, go make 50 videos just for yourself. Nobody has to see them. Hmm. Just start doing them. And you're, you're, you're going to start seeing, oh, if I change this, if I do this, it'll sound better, it'll get better. Trust me, if you compare your first video to your 50th video, you're going to see a big difference. So we've talked about this in reference to your personal brand, your television success. What I think is really interesting and relevant to a lot of our listeners and viewers is you have this personal brand. You also also have a multi-sector private real estate uh, company, private funds, uh, TEM Capital. So tell us a little bit about TEM Capital. Yeah. So, okay. So like of everything I do in my life, like Aaron, I do a lot, the TV, the education, TEM Capital is, is the one company that I am most passionate about because it's it's everything I love and it's sharing everything I love, right? So I'm, I'm obsessed with real estate. It made me who I am. Uh, and through the years, you know, people would always come up to me on the streets or on social media, like, Tarek, we want to invest with you. And and the truth is, I never really had a way for them to do it because I'm not going to go syndicate to flip, you know, a $500,000 house. Right. Seven years ago, I learned about depreciation. Okay. I was making a lot of money and I didn't have any write-offs. And that's when I realized, oh, I need depreciation. And that's where I really started focusing on commercial real estate. And it's given me this opportunity to partner with accredited investors around the country, around the world to go take down these apartment buildings, these self-storage facilities or whatever it is we're looking at. So um, I, I'm just I'm just so excited about TM Capital. And we we have a, a big investor event actually coming up on February 23rd in Newport Beach. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But TM Capital, yes, it is a private equity real estate company. Yes, we are partnering uh, and we're buying real estate. But beyond that, we're building a community. We're building a community of like-minded people that have a passion for real estate and living life to its fullest. So Within TEM Capital, with our investors, we have special events planned this year. We're throwing a yacht party with our investors. We're doing a Cabo retreat in Mexico with all of our LPs this hey, year. Tarek, are you, are you at these events? Yeah, you- yeah I am. Okay. I'll be there in Mexico. You want to come? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, we're talking about this personal branding stuff, and then we're talking about TEM Capital. And for you, you've brought your personal brand to TM Capital. And as you're telling me about these events, it kind of clicked with me. I'm like, that's a big part of this. The people, I'll, I'll be real, you know, LPs, they're not just investing. They're not just examining every single fund and oh, that IRR is 0.1% higher than this I, you know, or whatever. A lot of times it's the story or it's the founder or it's the people who bring them in. It sounds like that's a big part of TEM Capital and even your your branding and your marketing strategy? 100, 100 million percent. Um, I'm trying to do two things for our investors. One, we all, we, we all want to make money, but two, I'm a big believer in having fun. Yeah. Life is tough. We've just gone through a pandemic. Like, yeah. man, life life can get tough. And I, like, I, I'm a big believer in having fun. So that, so that is the goal, to invest in real estate, throw events, go on fun vacations. So this time we're doing Cabo. Next year, we might be doing Europe with our investors. I go, my wife, Heather goes. And it's it's really a chance for us to get to know our partners because we truly are partners in these deals. Absolutely. Man, that is a great message. Yeah. I mean, that it, it really is just because so much of, you know, as an LP, 
so much of this stuff can be dry and kind of like, okay, I have to review, you know, and you want to make money. So, you know, you do the due diligence, but I, I think that is a big part of it is you're not just investing into a fund, you're partnering with people. And yeah. I, I want to partner with fun people. I don't yeah, want to partner exactly. with not we're, fun we're, people. Exactly. We're a community. Like we get like we get with our investors. We get on we did wine and dinner one night on webinar, like a lot of fun stuff we do. Like, so there's a, a Radford racetrack out in Arizona. So we might do a race weekend out in Arizona. And I love doing that stuff. That's my favorite. I, I love it. And we're almost out of time, Tarek, but I promised my wife I'd ask this. So you have to tell us about Tarek and Heather, the big I do. So you and your your bride, you tied the knot in a wedding special on HGTV. How does something like this even come about? Yeah. So, you know, HGTV and Discovery, they came to us and they said they wanted to film the wedding. Um, initially, we said no because we wanted to keep it private, but we went back and forth. Uh, and we came to uh, a point where we said we're willing to film the wedding as long as it doesn't feel like we're filming our wedding. So cameras back, not in our face. And we we had a real wedding that was captured on camera. And you could actually stream the, the big I do on Discovery Plus. And it's a really fun episode. The kids are in it. The family's in it. Uh, and it was just such a spectacular night. Have you guys seen it yet? Uh, we we were watching it a little bit just in preparation to record this, and we've also been you know on on your YouTube and th let's see it was uh is it E T or something yeah. you're just you're everywhere Tar I mean as I'm hearing this I'm just thinking this guy's fearless he's fearless <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I, your secret Tar <laughs> you got it. you know I, I, you got to put I put myself in positions where I have no option but to succeed like you I. You know, like there's no other option. The other option is it's gone. It's failure. And I refuse to fail. So, Absolutely. you know, and by, by the way, success comes from failing multiple times until you figure out what works. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I think our audience, our viewers and listeners, they know where to find you on TV. It's HGTV or a couple of things on Discovery Plus. But I also want to plug TEM Capital. Where can our audience of high net worth investors go to learn more about TEM Capital? Yeah, sure. So you can go to temcapital.co uh, and we would love to work with you. Like I said, we have investor dinners, investor events, investor yacht parties, investor vacations. Uh, and, you know, we would love to have you. So just passionate about real estate, passionate about community and passionate about having fun. Uh, also, our, our Instagram handle for TEM Capital is just TEM Capital. I love that. All you LPs out there, you know, hear this guy loud and clear. Investing with Tarek is fun. He keeps yeah. fun front and center. I love that. Tarek, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much, Andy. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review to help spread the word to other investors. And we'll be back soon with another episode.